0: Hello, from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London, I'm Sam Westron. Today, we're looking at the Italian economy and the stagnation that underpins the confrontation between the Italian government, which hopes to boost growth through public spending, and the European Commission, which recently rejected Italy's spending plans for 2019. John Murray Brown spoke to Valentina Romé and Miles Johnson about the causes of this sluggish growth and the proposed response by the Italian government.
1: Valentina, you clearly did a lot of reporting for this story, but can you give us a bit of a flavour as to what sort of contacts, what sort of sources you spoke to to gather the information?
2: I interviewed 12 Experts on the, the lack of economic Italian growth, varying from university professors that did research on Italy economic growth to the OECD chief economist for Italy the chief economist in various investment banks and also a couple of industrialists, mainly the heads of sector associations. They gave a variety of reasons for this sluggish economic growth in Italy, but they largely agreed on a few points, that the roots of lagging performance of Italy lies on structural weaknesses like an business model, a poor schooling system, and unfriendly business environment.
1: So Valentina, how do you see these issues hampering economic growth?
2: Italy has a problem of lack of productivity. The Italian business model is outdated. It's largely formed of small family businesses. They have failed to innovate. They struggle to compete with international competitors. But big businesses struggle to because of family ownership so problem with governance or problem with credit, their productivity growth is actually underperforming smaller businesses this is something unheard of in advanced economies but also the experts pointed to a poor education system, basically the education system is not able to provide the skills that businesses need to compete in an international scenario, so we see that Italian students have lower level of performance in maths, reading and science than its peers. The share of young people that earn a university degree is lower than their peers. So you have a poor schooling system that do not create an adequate um, human capital.
1: So Miles, if I can bring you in here, give a sort of Rome perspective. How are the Italian government proposing to deal with this stagnation
3: Well, it's simple and complicated in the sense of the simple answer is the Italian government says the Italian economy clearly has a problem, as you know Valentina's piece has identified. how they're proposing to deal with this is they are saying previous sorts of approaches have failed and they want to try something different. So effectively, they are looking to expand government spending to stimulate economic growth. And the way they're proposing to do that comes in sort of various different buckets because this is a coalition government, you know, made up of unlikely or seemingly unlikely coalition partners. So on the one hand, you have the sort of anti-establishment five-star party whose central electoral promise was to introduce what they call a citizen's income, which is effectively welfare spending, which would see poor unemployed Italians getting 780 euros or up to 780 euros a month. So that's one side of their stimulus to create economic growth. On the other hand, you have the Lega which is a sort of now uh, kind of anti-migrant right party with its roots previously in sort of a northern um, separatism. But it, it's advocated for a long time to have what it calls a flat tax, which is effectively a way of talking about rejigging Italy's taxation system. And they think that will lead to economic growth. Both the parties agree on pension reform or effectively, in a way, pension reform reversal in the sense of lowering Italy's retirement age back down and reversing previous reforms put in by the so-called Fornero pension reforms, which were put through during Italy's last financial crisis. So that's what they want to do. They want to um, put these reforms out there and try and stimulate economic growth through expansion of Italy's deficit.
1: So the prospect of even greater public debt, Valentina, what are the experts saying about that?
2: they are worried about an increase in already high public debt because this means that a lot of resources are devoted to paying interest on debt rather than more productive activities. Now, the vast majority of the experts pointed to the risk of a persistent low level of uh, public investment because they led to a deterioration of the level of transport and social infrastructures. By 2020, Italy will pay the higher ratio to GDP on uh, interest payments. So this is a lot of resources that will be devoted elsewhere, not in productive activities.
1: So, Miles, the debt market's response to all this will obviously be critical. What, What are the markets telling us now about the Italian government's spending plans?
3: Well, Italy's government borrowing costs rose sort of sharply after the coalition government took power and have sort of edged higher in increments since then. The reaction to the sort of most recent developments, in the sense of Rome confirming that it's not going to change its plans, hasn't been huge. Basically, anyone who holds Italian government debt has to believe that these economic plans will work somehow if they are comfortable holding that debt for a long period of time. You know, as Valentina remarks, you know, the um, debt to GDP ratio is very high. But then the government argues that obviously, the only way to bring the debt to GDP ratio down is either to reduce the debt or to grow GDP. And they're saying they're embarking on the latter. And they're kind of what are seen as quite rosy economic forecasts, which are far higher in terms of their predictions for economic growth than many, many other forecasts from places like the Bank of Italy, the IMF, the European Commission. They believe that Italy will return to growth or stronger growth over the next three years, and that will effectively allow Italy to grow its way out of its debt problem. And that means that the markets are sort of slightly concerned about that, but I think the main... Real worry in financial markets, especially in terms of the way that's been projected in the spread, is this notion of re denomination risk or the idea that a really acute standoff between the Italian government and Brussels could result in some type of Ital exit or, you know, Italy effectively leaving the single currency or being ejected from the single currency. And that has to be a fairly sizable amount of the spread. The Italian government itself has said, you know, senior politicians said they believe that maybe 100 basis points of the 300 basis point spread Italy pays to borrow over Germany over 10 years is reflected in that fear of a redenomination. And so there are two sides. There's the longer term growth story, which concerns investors, but that's a slower moving thing, which we'll see play out over the next three years. And then there's the more immediate concern over any potential flare up leading to a path that could see Italy leave the euro at some point in the future.
1: And lastly, Miles, uh, what about the ordinary Italian citizen? They will be expected now to heed the call to buy government bonds, um, how do you think they will respond to this drive?
3: Well, it's hard to say. Um, look, Italy has a very, very high savings rate. There's a lot of private wealth in the country. It's a, it's a wealthy country, significantly ahead of many other developed um, economies. If you look at it on savings alone, the government has sort of started to give hints Without much detail about the idea that, you know, Italian savers could step up and effectively Italy could fund itself internally, rather than having to rely on what Matteo Salvini, the league leader, has labelled as financial speculators, who are the people who the Italian government is borrowing money from at the moment. I mean, in, in practical terms... Italian yields have moved up. That makes them more attractive to retail investors who have obviously had to suffer a long period of low rates. And Italy has a very entrenched banking network where personal financial products are sold. So it's very likely these bonds are going to get away. But um, whether it really marks a serious shift in terms of the Italian Treasury's focus on who it's going to sell its debt to in the future, that remains to be seen.
0: That was John Murray-Brown talking to Valentina Romay and Miles Johnson, and you can find a link to Valentina's story in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com forward slash offer.